0: okay we're back to podcast I hope everyone's had a good day in the Lord and I appreciate uh, his blessings this morning and all of you being here uh, church and faithful and we are looking forward to Galatians 6 Galatians chapter 6 uh, that wraps up Galatians and then uh, we we're planning on being in uh, in-person Bible study on Wednesday. And then for next Sunday night, we'll uh, most likely be in Ephesians, okay? So we're going to jump, be in Genesis on, um, of course, Wednesday night for our Bible study, and then we'll be back in uh, Ephesians chapter number one for next week's podcast. This concludes the, uh, the study on Genesis. We've been going chapter by chapter, verse by verse. And so uh, let's start in verse number one. It's been a great study. I feel like it's very, oh, it's, a, it's an overview. It's a, it's a quick study. Um, but it's a study that is enjoyable nonetheless. I, I've enjoyed it. Um, I, it speaks of our liberty in Christ. It speaks of uh, not having to go back to the law. Thank God. And all that Christ has given us in salvation, and the reality is is when you realize what you have in salvation, it changes your Christian walk. it changes you it changes how you look at walking with God entirely and um, and it did me. It never made me want to sin. It made me want to live for him as a result how good he's been and how, how, how much he's blessed us, um, so let's, uh, let's go to Galatians 6, this is kind of wrapping up, um, this, this book, and he, he continues on the same path that he was, he was on in, in 5, 22, 23, You remember last time he talked about getting along one with another, loving one another, that being the law of Christ, um, you know, putting others before yourself, uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Then he goes on and he shows us the only way to be able to do that is to maintain spiritual fruits. Okay? So. He comes now to chapter 6. And when he comes to chapter 6, he first addresses a man that's been overtaken in a fault. This is a fallen brother. This is someone that has messed up. Someone that has failed and fallen and sinned and just made a mess of things like we people can do. We humans can do. Um... Someone that's away and at odds with church. Someone maybe it could be any any number, any variety of of issues. It's not specific in regards to in regards to what's going on. It's just the the fault issue. Okay. So notice what it says. Chapter six, verse number one. We'll we'll uh, we'll come to verse two in a second, brethren. If a man be overtaken in a fault, okay. So that's someone. That's a man. That's a Christian man. Ye which are spiritual. Now there's your key. In the last chapter, Paul talked about the difference in the spirit and the flesh, the difference in living in the spirit and the flesh. And then he lists the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, and on and on. And contrary to the uh, the elements of the flesh. So, if anybody possibly finds themselves in this spiritual lot, after that teaching, look at what he says. If a man be overtaken in a fall, ye which are spiritual, restore such in one in the spirit of meekness. Okay, so when someone fails, someone falls, the objective, the first step is never discipline. It's never straightening them out. It's never correction even. It's, it's restoration. Now, restoration can include and should include all of those things. Discipline, correction, you know, all, all of that. But the goal is restoration. The goal is never to cast out. The goal is never to be done with. The goal is never to separate from. The goal is never to to just let go. The goal is always restoration. Ye which are spiritual. Now, it's only a spiritual person that's going to typically look at it in these terms. Ye which are spiritual, restore. So that's the restoration part, such in one in the spirit of meekness. So we must possess a spirit of meekness in the progress and process of our restoration. Now, here is how to maintain a spirit of meekness. Here's how to maintain a, uh, a spirit of, of being able to do this. Here's how to maintain the spirit of Uh, that, That you can restore someone. Let me show you. This is so important. So, so important to what we're going to talk about today. Watch this. Look with me. Considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Therein lies your key. Consider yourself. Because it could be you. It could be you. It could be you. We It could be us that fail. It could be us that was in that situation. It could be us that was dealing with that. It could be us that went through that. It could be us that lost our family. It could be us that, that lost our loved one. It could be us. So be careful how you handle other people. Be careful how you treat them. Be careful how you you approach them especially when they do wrong and and mess up because it could be you it could be you I try to remember that you know even dealing with whoever homeless or, or somebody that's messed up and sinned it could be me And by the grace of God, it's not. So let me consider that. When somebody's in a church and they got an attitude that we don't like or we don't appreciate or we just can't get along with them and we see them for all of their negative and all of their wrongs and where they're wrong at everything, the best way to maintain a spirit of grace to people like that is to consider thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Think about the fact that you could be in those same shoes. All right. Verse 2 Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Okay. Um the burdens which can be shared are sorrow, misfortune, things like that. Verse five speaks of I'll get down to that in a minute. Those that cannot be taken a burden that can't be taken by anyone else. Okay. Uh, So let's look at this. Okay, verse three. For if uh, verse two, bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. What what is that? That's a burden that can be shared. A burden like a, a grief, a sickness, a sorrow, or a grief or a sorrow or a hurt you you can help someone through them just by bearing the load with them, by praying for them and loving them. Now, here's a burden that can't be shared. Verse 5, for every man shall bear his own burden. That would be a physical illness, a painful duty, things like that, that you can't do it for someone else. Okay? Just very, very, very easy analogy here. Your your daughter or son is heartbroken. They've had their heart broke. Somebody's upset them. It could be a friend. It could be a boyfriend or girlfriend. They've had their heart broke. You can empathize with them. You can be there for them. You can love them. You can support them. You can care for them. That would be bearing their burden. But then, on another occasion, your daughter or son has to go take a test. They have a physical exercise that has to be performed they go in the service and get called overseas they've got a job and it's some tough task you can't do that for them so learn to differentiate the difference between being able to bear one another's burdens and not being able to when a man must bear his own burden that's what it's talking about so go to verse three Verse 2, it says, "...bear you one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ." So this is the law of Christ that would tell us to bear another person's burdens, because He does. He bore our burdens. He bears our sins. He bears our griefs. So we should bear one another's if we can. Verse 3, "...for if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing..." He deceiveth himself. What prevents you from being able to empathize with people most of the time is arrogance and, and pride and haughtiness and makes you think you're a little more than you are. And God, keep that buffeted in us, please. Uh, verse 4, But let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not another. That's simply... Uh, testing, the word prove means testing, you you can rejoice in the fact that God has grown you up. I, I put a post on, on our Facebook page this week, and it was such a blessing to me and an encouragement about people that have been a blessing to you and what you admire in them. And now we turn that. I, I love Blaine... And I, I, Wayne Wayne drives another one. I was thinking that this week, man, he he's gonna he's gonna be in my stories one day. You know, just how how sweet and and of a man, how how precious of a spirit he has. And I can look to that, I can appreciate that, and and admire that. But at some point, you have to have your own walk. And that is where we have to look at people. And look at this. That's what Paul's saying. Let every man prove his own work. You look at people, you learn from them. But then, you must have your own work of God. You've got to have your own walk with God. You can appreciate those that are walking with God themselves. But you've got to have your own walk. And then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and no, not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden. We've already addressed that verse. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. That's what I I try to do. Okay, Communicate means to share. So I am taught in the word. And because I'm taught in the word, I I seek to communicate uh, to others what I've learned in the word. Uh, What the Spirit of God has taught me. What others have taught me. I have tried to, and that's that's what the Bible teaches us, to uh, teach others, other faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. And so look at this, verse number uh, 7. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Now, because of the opening statement in this verse, be not deceived, God is not mocked, we always look at this in, in the negative. And it, there's a very strong uh, teach and preach on the negative connotation of this. In, in other words, uh, you can't mock God. You can't make a mockery of God. You can't make a shame of God. Okay, And if you do, you will reap what you sow. But there's also a positive to this. There's always a positive to it. If you sow that which is positive, you sow that which is good, you you sow that which is godly, you'll reap that as well. You will reap what you sowed. Now, here's something to look at. Just think, have you ever had a garden? Anybody out there ever had a garden? You always reap more than you sow. Here's what I mean. You take one kernel of corn, you drop it in the ground, and look what look what one kernel of corn produces. So, be not deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And by the way, you don't reap overnight to the good or to the bad. Somebody can do something wrong, sinful, Nothing happens in the, in the form of reaping right away, but on down the line at a different season is reaping time. Same to the positive. That's why we should keep pressing and plowing and doing what is right so that on down the line, God blesses our positive. And then in verse 9, he says this, or verse 8, uh, For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, because that's all the flesh can bring is death. You sow to... To the flesh, that's what you're going to reap is death and corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Verse nine. This is a great verse. This would be a great life verse for somebody. I've, it's not my life verse, but it's one that um, the, it's it's one that I have quoted and and used uh, many many times. But look look at what it says. Let us not be weary in well-doing. Okay? For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. So just to the negative, like God said, or Paul says here about God, God's not to be mocked. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. But then he comes to verse 9 and he flips it to the positive. Be not weary in well-doing. Be not weary in positive doing. Be not weary in good doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. So keep plowing, keep doing what's right, keep going to church, keep reading your Bible, keep praying, keep loving God. And it might not look good now, but God promises us, in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them of the household of faith. So, when you have a chance to do good for someone, you should do it for anyone. That's what it says. But, if you got a chance to do something good for two, one person, two people have a need, one's in the church and one's out, it says here, especially those of the household of faith. That's right. I know people don't always adhere to that nor like that, but the church comes first. The church should come first. Taking care of the needs of the church should always come first. The attention of the church should come first. You see that? Verse 11. And verse 10, I'll repeat that since you're wondering. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. All right, verse 11. You see how large of a letter I have written unto you with mine own hand. So this is one that Paul's actually written himself. He was inspired on most of them, and Luke uh, penned them, put pen to paper. Paul actually says here that he did this one with his own hand. He wrote this with his own hand. All right, verse 12. As many as desire to make a fair show in the flesh, they constrain you to be circumcised. It goes back to that. Those that are trying to just show off in the flesh want you to be circumcised, only lest they should suffer, suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. Neither they themselves who are circumcised to keep the law, but desire to have you circumcised that they may glory in your flesh. Verse fourteen, I love this. I used to, I used to try to I used to quote it. I would I'd memorized it. I mean I could tell it to you right now. And I did so because I was a young preacher that that was seemingly having a lot of success. I was I was seeing a church growth. Just preaching a lot of revivals, seeing souls saved everywhere I went. And and here's what I've always tried to remember and adhere to. Verse 14, but God forbid that I should glory. This is, I have always tried to remember this is not me. I'm not glorying in this, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. If I'm going to glory, I'm going to glory in Jesus Christ. If I'm going to brag or be bragged upon, I'm going to do so in Jesus Christ. Any kind of glory, praise, honor, appreciation that comes should do so in Jesus Christ and what He's made us and allowed us to do. Verse 15, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. So that's the new creature in Christ where Paul said, Uh, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. That's the new birth. In Christ, a new creature. In Christ, you're not what you were anymore. Verse 17. And as many as walk according to this rule, peace be on them and mercy and upon the Israel of God. Okay. Okay. Verse 17, from henceforth, let no man trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. Brethren, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. So Paul is wrapping it up, and he's doing so. He's leaving them with the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the the blessing and the appreciation of the Lord Jesus Christ, the thankfulness towards the Lord Jesus Christ, the goodness that the Lord Jesus Christ has bestowed upon him. All of these things, Paul is giving the glory to Jesus Christ. And that's, that's my goal. That's my objective. That's what I want. That's my life. Any good in me, any good that I do, it's in the Lord Jesus Christ. In the Lord Jesus Christ. All right. I hope you have enjoyed this study on uh, Galatians. It has been a a good study, a rich study. And um, Paul's just pointing us to Jesus. He is saying, look, we don't have time for religious dogma. We don't have time to go back to the law. We don't have time for circumcision. We don't have time for the Sabbath. None of these things... It's about Jesus. Your salvation is about Jesus. Your walk with God after salvation is about Jesus. And He is our focal point. He is our goal. He is our strength. And our lives should be a product and a manifestation of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. I hope you've enjoyed this study. And we will be in-person Bible study on Wednesday night. And then next Sunday, we will be... Uh, um, back in or starting up in the book of Ephesians. Good night, God bless, and I love each of you.